0: There's no take two, there's no just a little more purple. Warts and all, you've downloaded the VO Radio Show. Welcome to another
1: VO Radio Show. My name's Andrew Peters. And I'm Robbo. And we're here to help you with your VO career in some way or another. That's our job in life, our mission. It is our job, it's our, our vocation. It's it. Um, now, we've been doing a bit of research in the interim between shows on the best microphone and preamp com- uh, combination. Mm. Um, so we went onto Radio Imaging onto a Facebook page
2: and asked the question, and we got some really interesting results. We did, and a wide gamut of results too, didn't we? Absolutely. Well,
1: if someone had said to me, or I'm sure
2: with you, mm. what is what, what would you expect to see in a voiceover studio. Well, I think there's two. I think there's two givens, and I think that's sort of reflected in what we've seen on this page. Is is the four one six and the TLM one hundred and three seem to be a bit of a standard microphone, really, don't they? Let's be honest. There's a few yeah, variations.
1: Was, yeah, but I always I would have picked actually a U eighty seven and yeah. a four one six or a four sixteen. Yeah. which is what the Americans call them. Um, that's what I would have expected to see, mm-hmm. and I would have expected to see. An Avalon, either an M5 or a 737, depending on, you know, how big the studio is.
2: Yeah. I, I, That's I think, what I would have thought. Yeah, and I think I would probably go with those combos too. But um, there's some creative people out there who have found some um, some pretty awesome combinations by the sounds of things, though. Yeah. And the, the first one that popped up, I've actually, I'm looking out through the, the window of my booth here, mm.
1: and there's a photograph of me in a radio studio in 1980, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <laughs> hanging in front of me
2: is an SM5B. Right. Wow. Well, there you go. There's, someone actually mentioned that, I think. Yeah, yeah. Someone went from an SM5B into a, into a 528E. Yeah. Which is a, a kind of nice combination by the sound yeah, of Yeah. Look,
1: I've never seen an SM5B or any of those Shure mics in a, in a studio, apart from no. radio.
2: No. No, I, I, and I don't think you would. Sort of like walking into a studio and seeing an SM58 hanging there, ready to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. So that, That's an interesting one. Yeah. Having um, said that, was, I'm on an SM58 right now. <laughs> good work. <laughs>
1: um, there was also the one that actually uh, blew me away. So someone's got plenty of cash to throw around.
2: That was the uh, the manly Vox box. Yeah, yeah. They're. I mean, they're they're nice. But as you say, you um. You want to have a, a a reasonable bank account to um to be looking at those, but yeah, if you can afford it, and absolutely, yeah, that would sound beautiful. He doesn't mention what microphone he uses into that though. I'd be interested to know what he's running into the Vox Bob. I would think it'd be something really clean. Mm. That's my guess. Well, it would have to. Um, you wouldn't, yeah. It would have to be, wouldn't it? Yeah. And then with someone else with a four one six into an art voice channel. Which is uh, another interesting combo, yeah, yeah. Which uh, is uh, the Art Voice channel, which I was unaware of. I got to be honest until we started talking about putting this show down. Is seems to be a lower end um, channel, channel in a box, mic channel in a box. It's got EQ, compression, peak limit, a whole lot in 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 a, a rack mounted unit, um, which was kind of interesting. I yeah. don't. I personally don't EQ as I am recording. Um, so for me, that would. be probably not be a way to go but he's obviously found a sound that he's happy with yep and you you're, but you're the kind of guy that would put reverb on while you're <laughs> recording wouldn't you? all the time <laughs> <laughs> I actually record when I'm doing when I'm recording promos I actually do 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 two do it in two sessions I actually do the first session where I record clean and then I put my telephone EQ on and I get them to read it again beautiful <laughs> <laughs> now, there was a mention in that thread of someone who likes to do put reverb on. as Yeah, a I'm, uh, there was a couple of comments that sort of came after that that maybe alluded to the fact that this chap wasn't on the right path and as an audio engineer, I'm pretty sure he's not. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I can you know, get that, that one delivered. Yeah, 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 drown, yeah, drowned in reverb. I'm not sure why he thought or thinks that's, that's the way you would want stuff delivered. Maybe he has a reason, I don't know. And maybe he's not just not being clear in what he has to say. But um, yeah, I'd be interested to have a conversation on that one with him. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of odd. Uh, some of the combinations, though, is one that I
1: really, really liked, actually. And I was quite surprised to see it, which is uh, uh, a, a preamp that I've got, which is the Grace M101, mm. uh, that I've always kind of liked. I've used it, and then I haven't used it, and then I've used it again, and I haven't. And I've actually found a really co- a good combination. Um, but the mic I use with it is an old... Uh, well, 30-plus-year-old AKG C414 EB P48, for those technical people. Um, but I think I think uh, it needs a bit of work, so I've sent it away for repair. But yeah. I run that, and that's that's a really dark-sounding microphone. Mm. But the combination of that with the Grace M101 is really nice. And I can see the guy is using a Mojave mm. uh, valve mic or tube mic running through the M101, which I reckon would sound pretty damn good.
2: Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. That sounds like a nice chain to me. Yeah. So uh, maybe he can do 6- voice work for me. <laughs> yeah. Give him a call. Yeah. The la six hundred and ten, sir. also the
1: LA610 Mark IIs have popped up quite a bit. That mm. seem, seems to be, uh, there's about three of them in the thread. Yeah. Uh, and they're using different mics. There's uh, a 416 going into an LA610. Uh, there's a Brahma going into an LA610. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, the yabby, uh, he's got a gefil running through the LA six
2: ten. That yabby keeps popping his head up everywhere, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, yeah. I think the yabby is actually me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you referred to yourself as a lobster before we started recording. <laughs> I did <didn't> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the lobster? <laughs> but uh, that the
1: LA six ten with the right microphone sounds really good. Yeah, and I use mine with that that uh, gefil, the M nine thirty, and it's such a clean. Clean microphone, Mm. beautiful microphone. Mm. um, And that LA610 Mark II just gives it a bit of
2: honk, a bit of dirt. Yeah. um, Which is nice. I guess it's all personal choice. I mean, for me, I do uh, most of the recording I do here is for radio. Um, which is obviously a, I'm sort of looking for a bit of a different, little different sound, more different sound than to what you would do for, you know, for a TV commercial or for cinema or something like that. But um, I go either the 416 or the 103 through my drama 1960, and I love both those combos. For, they, for me, they sound good. Yeah, the drama's lovely. Yeah, it is nice. It's a nice pre, very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very yeah. nice. That's my little setup. That's my little baby at the moment. But um, you know, six months' time, I'll change my mind and get rid of something and replace it with something else, no
1: doubt. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's funny, actually, um, our guest a bit later on in the show um, is Travis from Sound Pure in mm-hmm. North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sound Pure is not only uh, a dealer selling gear, mm. uh, but they also have um, a beautiful studio down there. And in fact, I did see something get posted on Facebook just uh, last week. Uh, Bruce Springsteen dropped in and started playing, you know, had a bit of a play in their shop, picked up a few guitars and stuff.
2: Nice. It's <laughs> nice to be wife. Bruce
1: Springsteen, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be really cool. Just buy, but, pick up a few guitars. Yeah, yeah. But um, Travis, I know down at, at Sound Pure, they uh, are big uh, fans of the Sebatron. Okay, uh, that yep. was where I first saw a review on the Cebatron before I knew anything about them, mm-hmm. uh, and they love them. So I'd be curious to see what he has to say now and how it still stacks up
2: uh, a year or two down the track. Well, there's one of those in your um, in your rack, is there not? Indeed, in fact, I'm using it right now. There we go. Yeah, here's one. I do like the earlier.
1: Cebatron. The it's certainly um, it's certainly a, a flavour, mm. uh, and I and I think it's it'd be one of those pre's and we'll ask travis what he thinks but i just think it's one of those pre's that with the right voice it, it's good mm-hmm. but i don't think it will work for every voice i think you'd be and and it wouldn't work for every microphone either
2: yeah right it's not so universal. you gotta be you
1: gotta be a bit selective about you know what you run through
2: it i think well there you go well we should probably get into that interview because that sounds interesting yeah
1: all right well let's uh, cross to north carolina and our special guest today from sound pure Travis Hall. The
0: voice for the voices. This is the VO Radio Show.
2: G'day, Travis. Good day. How are you? Very Good. well indeed. I and love hearing Americans try to say g'day.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Next
2: thing we'll have you saying, how's it hanging? Oh, please, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair income. Fair income. <laughs> She'll be right, mate. Yeah, no <laughs> worries. Now,
1: Soundpure is been one of my uh, has been one of my favourite spots to uh, investigate over the years. Watching all the videos of all the geek gear because I love it. Um, it must be uh, pretty cool working in a place like Soundpure. I have to say.
3: Yeah, that's a yeah. It, it absolutely is. I mean, we say we say on a regular basis. I mean, we uh, we're just really spoiled. I mean, everyone that works here is obsessed with gear, be it instruments or recording gear, and um, kind of the whole mission and focus of Sound is has been from the very beginning finding the best of the best within every price point and championing those pieces and helping people, um, you know, get knowledge of which which of those pieces those are and to help uh, you know best improve their recordings and their, their musical performances, you know? So we're just surrounded by, um, you know, the equipment that we um, use ourselves and we um, just are inspired by and incredibly passionate about.
1: I, I, it's, a, it's the perfect combination of a business, really. You, you know, you, you sell uh, gear and you've got a studio. So all the, <laughs> all the companies that make <laughs> the stuff are going, try our new preamp, try our new microphone. Uh-huh. You, and the rack in that studio is unbelievable.
3: It's, yeah. And, and the best part about it, honestly, is that it's it's uh, constantly rotating. Uh, I mean, you, you mentioned, yeah, the, you know, manufacturers asking us to, to to try the new pieces they come out with. And that that's what we're all about. I mean, we have, uh, we do shootouts both internally um, for our own training purposes, as well as video shootouts that you can find on our YouTube channel. Um, we're, that basically gear comparisons is kind of one of the the best uh, ways we found to really learn what a new product or just any product is all about. You know, uh, here it's pros, here it's cons. Um, just really compare it to the other alternatives in the price in that similar price point, um, and up against, of course, like the standards in each class. So um, when we have a manufacturer coming to us saying, "Hey, I just released this microphone. It's either uh, you know it does this cool new thing, or it's you know our, our new flagship or like awesome," we'll first send it to us and we'll uh, we'll see how it goes up. You know, it holds its own against, uh, like I said, you know both standards uh, within within those categories as well as just popular alternatives. So it's a really great, uh, as you mentioned, a really great combination because we can test the gear that we are selling in, uh, in my opinion, one of the best studios on the East Coast of the United States.
1: Ooh, be cool, be cool. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Now, with
1: this show, we're actually looking at uh, the right preamp or the combination of preamps and microphones for voiceover. Uh, We ran a poll on uh, Facebook through uh, the radio imaging, I think it was... um, their profile, and got some really interesting uh, combinations come through. Not what I expected. I kind of thought we were going to see U87s, uh, 416s, Avalon, you know, M5s or a 737 or something. But we got some
2: really interesting ones. Yeah, I suppose everyone's everyone's taste is personal, really. I mean, I guess that's what the results of that survey show. Um I mean, for me for me here, Travis, just to give you an idea of what I run, I have just a little home studio that I do a whole bunch of radio imaging out of for a whole bunch of uh, stations around the globe, plus some TV work. Um, and I just have a little booth in the corner here, that, and I just run a, a 416 or I also have a, a TLM 103 um, mm-hmm. through a drama 1960 and straight into Pro Tools, which I, which I find works for me. But then Andrew has a whole separate rig of, you know, I think you've got two or three don't you? Uh, yes, it's it's getting a bit ridiculous now. I've got um,
1: one of one of one of Travis's favourites or Soundpure's favourites, the uh, Sebatron, uh, and I've got an LA six ten, an M one hundred and one Grace, uh, and then a couple of a um, uh, couple of compressors, uh, the twenty two fifty four Neve, WA seventy six, and the um, the Grace M one hundred and two, and then microphones. This one, the uh, Gefell ninety two point one. Uh, a 930 Cefel and um, a couple of other bits and pieces I don't use very much but I've just been playing with uh, a vintage a C414EB P48 which uh, I just had all the, the uh, capacitors changed from the old tantalum ones that were playing up the level was about 10% got the level back up, all good uh, but now I have uh, a grounding issue or earth hum <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so, you've got to be kidding me there's always
2: something But yeah, from, from your, from your sales point of view, from selling gear, are there any combinations that stand out as, as common or, you know, more bought than others?
3: Absolutely. And, and honestly, I I kind of separated almost into two different needs, I would say, um, at least from, from our perspective, which is, um, One, are you going to be building a voiceover chain for just you, um, just one single voice, in which case we'd probably spend a little bit more time getting to know the tonal qualities of that voice and finding a microphone and preamp that would best pair with that specific timbre. Or if you're doing a voiceover commercial studio where you're going to have a bunch of different voices and talents coming in and out, uh, you're the single engineer. We'd probably be looking towards uh, something that's a little bit more transparent, a little bit more, um, in our experience, just to be a little bit more versatile with a bunch of different sound sources. Um, so, and, and the different products, uh, different pieces of gear in those respective categories can can vary very differently, um, you know. For example, going with the first option, if it's just a single voice, um, you know, something like a almost like a Neve clone for a preamp. Um, a lot of times, that additional weight and color that the Neve tone and the preamp adds can really complement um, a certain voice, but it can also be a little too heavy-handed for others. Um, so, you know, at the same time, you combine that with a, a microphone like the U87 that has a little bit more color as well. And the, the two, the saturation coming from both the microphone and the Neve combined to create this really unique, um, incredible sound. Um, again, it can work really well on certain voices, but then you put it uh, with another voice and it can just sound... Um, just uninspiring or just not working accentuate wrong frequencies or something like that um whereas something very clean and transparent say like a combination of like a tlm 103 with either a grace or the avalon 2022 or m5 you know i view that as more of a a cleaner chain that um normally just cleaner chains as opposed to more saturated chains um tend to work well on a wider variety of voices. So again, it kind of just depends on our pers- with our perspective at least on what the goal is for that specific recording scenario. In a world
0: In a world where only the best voice will do. realtimecasting.com.
2: So so room room size and and room setup would also have to be a consideration. I mean, Andrew, for example, is lucky enough to have an, a completely awesome setup where he is uh, down outside Melbourne. For me here where I don't do a lot of recording, Here, I'll usually go to a studio to record voice. Um, I have a bit more of an open room. I mean, I've I've really just got some barriers up, and you know, literally a a doona hanging on the wall. Um, So those sort of considerations have to come into play as well. Yeah,
3: absolutely. And and I think. Um, knowing if someone's room is just absolutely terrible and they don't even have any blankets or anything to kind of do an impromptu sort of acoustic treatment setup, um, yeah, thinking about a, a, a like a shotgun microphone, a microphone that's going to be a little bit more focused with yep. a, a tighter pattern, um, those microphones would probably play a lot uh, a lot better in those type of I- uh, non ideal mm. acoustic scenarios because they're they're more focused. There's less room tone that's being picked up. Um, so absolutely, yeah. Uh, again, shotgun microphones like the force the Sennheiser. Or four sixteen. Um, that's a really common uh, recommendation when the room is at, is non ideal because of the uh, it just doesn't pick up as much of uh, the room, just much more focus. Is on it the voice still the leader itself. of the
2: pack? I mean, it always has been for a long time. It's almost become a standard, hasn't it?
3: For for shotgun microphones for voiceover. For shotguns, yeah, yeah. yeah for voiceover, I don't think I've. Um I don't think I've personally found a, a a shotgun microphone that outperforms the the 416 for voiceover. Mm. At least one that um, you know for for the price. I mean, it's it's a you know it's, it's it's I guess I would say it's a mid mid price microphone. Yeah. Um, but it, I I would agree it's it's still the leader of its class in terms of a shotgun microphone for voiceover.
2: Yeah, I do a lot of freelance work here in Sydney, and I can't think of too many studios that don't have one somewhere and and the majority of them i would say 80% of the studios actually use them actually have them hung and, and use them more than any of their other microphones to be fair
1: yeah it's true and the, other, the interesting thing is that not so much with female voices
3: yeah normally in my experience the problem with recording female vocalists if there is a problem is is a almost piercing high end content mm-hmm. the 416 actually is I, I, in my experience is pretty uh, pretty rolled off in the higher frequencies so uh, my the traditional logic as to why it wouldn't work as well with or you don't hear it as often on female vocals doesn't really uh, hold true there But um, I agree; it does tend to just sound best on a on a a male vocal, where just kind of or voiceover, where it adds just more natural body and fullness.
1: Mm. Um, There was actually something else we talked about, Travis, um, last time we spoke, and that was about the U eighty seven, U forty seven, U sixty seven. Anything you said, anything with a seven on the end, has a propensity for uh, having a bit of a honk in the uh, the mid range
3: yeah absolutely.
1: and uh, and that is actually emphasizes someone who's got like a, a sort of nasally voice.
3: Uh, yeah the it's funny the uh, our, our sales manager here at sound pure uh, he has a very mid-range uh, he, he you know naturally honky voice so he's always saying do not ever throw a microphone that ends in seven in front of my voice because it, it, it's gonna you know it's gonna sound like this like super congested um, again' it's, it's kind of going back to um, if you're working with a specific voice um, a lot of times uh, there's a microphone out there that uh, if it has a, a more of a, a pushed frequency range or more of a collar uh, there's going to be a handful that work incredibly well uh, with that voice and there are others that are just going to again ex- accentuate the wrong parts or the the less pleasing parts of, of that voice um, so so for folks that that do have more of a less less deep uh, you know kind of more of a uh, upper mid-range focus in their voice uh, I would probably at least at first steer steer clear of the the 47 microphones because that's just uh, the mid range is this, one of the most uh, strongest and most identifiable characteristics of those seven microphones and uh, most also commonly the, the the problem area is when you combine it with a vocalist that already has a good amount of mid range. Yeah, and
1: it's funny you should say that because U uh, U87s are in most studios in Australia. Uh, it either be a U87 or a, a 416 Sennheiser but inherently the Australian accent is quite nasally. So by all accounts, the U87 is probably the wrong choice for a male Australian.
3: <laughs> it's, it's true. Well, and and it just goes to show that, you know, there are no absolutes. I mean, we were, we were talking at the beginning of, uh, you know, all the different chains that are out there and, and it, it, it just always comes down to, uh, again, what's what's in front of, what, what what is the natural sound of the voice. Um, but, but, most of the time, if you're working with decent, I mean, we're we're talking here about getting the absolute best chain. If we, so, for splitting those fine hairs, it's something to uh, to to think about in terms of finding the, the right tonal pairings. But um, the I've heard the you know the the common pitch phrase for the U87. It's famous for what it's what it hides because it's just a very it is a very forgiving uh, large diaphragm condenser mic. So uh, I, and I know that NPR, you know, one of the mo- most popular radio stations in uh, in the United States. I think the U87 is in every single studio of theirs uh, it's it's their primary microphone, and yeah, most of the time when I'm listening to it, I'm not hearing. Oh, that's that's a really really honky sound. Um, so it just goes to show there are some kind of uh, standards to kind of base your decisions off of. But when it comes down to it, there are always exceptions to the rule. Uh, you know, we, we do the best we can to advise based off of uh, the most common occurrences that we find in terms of uh, both voice pairings as well as mic and pre pairings. But when it comes down to it, there are always you know recording anomalies out there where something shouldn't work in terms of what we know about the products, but for some reason or not, it's producing a sound that is just inspiring and is really working and jiving at that time. So uh, it's funny, you know. We can, again, we could talk about this. We can set, you know, try and set the most black and white rules, but there's all the minute you do that, there's going to be an exception right around the corner that proves that statement wrong. And I, th- I think that's kind of cool, honestly. Uh, it can be frustrating when you're, uh, you know, kind of uh, on the objective search for the quote-unquote best sound, but it also, um, I don't know, there's a, there's a little bit of a fun and the sort of searching for the the right creative solution combination for for what you're trying to achieve.
1: Yeah, well, historically the U87 when it was all you know went from valve to transistor, uh, AKG jumped in with their you know C414s with the C12 capsule, and um, a lot of people, in fact, a guy who's been servicing this AKG of mine um, claims that it, well, as far as he's concerned, he he actually prefers the four one four. Um, to do exactly what we're talking about. There's a voiceover, mic, He reckons it's got a... Mm. It's just got a, a, a better... It's got a, a a bit more... It's a bit more open than the a, a U87, and it's got yeah. a, you know, just a bit more clarity to it. But it, not saying that the new C414s are the same. The early ones are completely different to the new ones, of course.
3: Yeah, I think they have probably, like, five or six different versions at this point since it was originally conceived to... And, and yeah, they all... Uh, They all sound a little bit different and Accentuate, you know, very subtle, but different, you know, specific frequency ranges. Yeah, yeah. um,
1: Now, one of your favorite, and I I saw this, this is how I ended up buying my Cevatron. It was all because I saw a video on SoundPure. And uh, it wasn't until I saw that then went on onto the pursuit of this preamp that I realized that the guy who makes them, Sebastian, um, actually lives in my town. Yeah, uh, so I ended up calling him and going up and meeting him at a cafe and did a, you know, a dodgy looking deal. Obviously, he was like him grabbing a box out of the trunk of his car <laughs> and putting it into mine, and I'm giving an envelope full of cash, <laughs> you know. But definitely
3: uh, nothing sketchy,
1: nothing at no. all.
3: <laughs> Back but,
1: to your
2: radio days, eh, Andrew? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> much, much smaller parcels than those days, my friend. <laughs> And hello to but, the Australian Federal Police if you are listening. I'm <laughs> <laughs> reformed. <Yeah.
1: laughs> but so you, you guys love the Severtron, don't you?
3: Absolutely, yeah. We've got the uh, the four thousand, which is essentially just uh, the four channel version of the two thousand that you have, as well as the uh, the Axis, which is his a uh, his, his stereo preamp, uh, which is a different, little slightly different flavor. But yeah, Sebatron, uh, in our experience, kind of uh, represents um, kind of some of the best of the best of uh, boutique to preamp building, and um, I think you using it um, just shows again kind of another counter uh, counter to what. I think most people would think for a voiceover application, which is um, the, the signal is going to be super compressed, going to be limited, uh, so any noise is obviously going to be brought up during that process. Um, and I think there's a big misconception out there that anytime you're using a piece of tube equipment, it's automatically come going to come with a uh, boost in noise floor. Um, but that's not always the case if you're working with a well-built tube preamp. And uh, again, I think listeners can just hear uh, your voice right now going through the 2000 in here that the noise is inaudible uh, or at least minimal to so the point you can barely even perceive it so um, yeah if there was a if there was a two preamp that I would recommend for voiceover the the Sebatron products would absolutely be that um, they also retain a decent amount of detail too I mean that's the other common problem with uh, at least recording instruments which is not uh particular to this conversation but you know a tube preamp can definitely shave off a lot of the transient detail um, which you know is even on a voiceover could you know could be too much of a good thing you could lose definition um, lose clarity but uh, you know I'm hearing your voice super clear right now and, it, and you know it sounds great so the Cevatron products are again kind of the, the best representation uh, within that price point at least for for tube preamps in my opinion
1: I'm also breaking another rule because I'm running a tube microphone through a tube preamp which is a bit That's- of a no-no as well hmm. Naughty. But uh, yeah, but they, you know, I mean, like you said, the the noise floor in this is pretty well non-existent.
3: Right. Right. Exactly. And again, it just it always goes back to that. Keep the of those absolutes in mind. Keep the, the technical knowledge in mind. But don't be afraid to try anything and everything because uh, you you may find that exception that again just is just the the perfect pairing for what you're trying to do. Um, and and again, you know, keeping in mind that that are keeping a focus on specific products if you are looking to do some certain combinations like that that uh, are on the cleaner side of of the tube spectrum because there is is definitely is a spectrum there Um, like just looking at the two Sevatron products for example the 2000 there's only a single knob gain Uh, you just get more or less gain and with that it gives more tube character. The Axis actually has a dual gain structure so you've actually got the tube coloration uh, on the input whereas the output is much cleaner and uh, more open so you could kind of uh, dial more or less of the tube coloration you want while not worrying about you know how much, uh, just making sure you're getting an appropriate signal level while you're recording. So um, that, those preamps are always really nice too if you are looking to experiment a little bit more with tone on um, a preamp that has dual input and output control, because normally that's associated with the ability to get more or less color uh, while still recording at an appropriate gain level.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting. The reason I've got the different combinations out of, if anyone's listening, is because, like, this one is perfect for something like a corporate or uh, some kind of a narration where I would use something really cleaner and more, you know, cutting sort of toppy that I would use for radio because it's going to be compressed uh, pretty heavily. So you want something that's going to cut through the mix.
3: Absolutely. Within the voiceover um, specific sphere, yeah, you do have, um, you know, Certain uh, tasks that you're doing that it does benefit from, uh, you know, maybe a sharper transient, more heavy uh, recording that a you know solid-state recording chain uh, or something like you know the TLM 103, a transformerless, very clean microphone, uh, very present top end uh, that actually might work in your favor when you're doing something, say like a uh, you know an automotive uh, promotion or something like that. Whereas if you're doing something, you know, if you're narrating a children's book that they're supposed to be listening to when they fall asleep. You don't want something that's going to be grating and biting at their ears with uh, harsher upper frequencies or more present upper frequencies and a, a, a more uh, held back, uh, reserved kind of uh, rounder tube sound would, would be more fitting for that application. So again, it's, it's going back to finding the right fit, not only for your voice, um, but also what you're trying to achieve, um, what, what sort of ex- listening experience you want your listeners to have um, when they're listening.
2: So let's take a step back just quickly and, and take a step backwards from where we are. Um, and, and for the listeners of this show who may maybe thinking about setting up a home studio or in the process of setting up a home studio, let's, let's firstly talk about, and, and you know, budget becomes it becomes a part of that. Let Let's put you on the spot and say I came to you as someone who was doing that, setting up. Uh, I was voiceover talent. I'm setting up my first time studio. I'm not greatly technically technically minded, so I don't want to have to worry about overcompressing voiceover or whatever. What would be your suggestion in terms of a in terms of a mic chain? Let's leave door out of it for now. What would be your sure. suggestions in terms of in terms of a mic chain that would get me set up and ready to start sending my work out to studios? To- to, um for them to use
3: sure I mean I, I, in my opinion I, I would always recommend starting with with a large diaphragm condenser uh, for I just find it to be uh, the provide the the more ideal sound for voiceover which is um, detailed but still smooth uh, still full naturally full um, and there are a handful nowadays um, out there that aren't wildly expensive I mean even the the Neumann uh, TLM 102 I think is only uh, $600 us right now mm-hmm. um, so it's 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 relatively easy to get one that is is high quality. That's going to be um, offering you a detailed, open sound. Um, from there, you know you could go a lot of different directions. But I, I've been really impressed just over the last year and a half with the um, the quality of some of the um, budget recording interfaces that are kind of the all in one systems that have a preamp and, of course, the converter and the computer interface built into it. Yep. Um, honestly, the, the 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 first one that comes to my mind that I've, I'm just impressed more and more with every time I use it is the the Universal Apollo. Uh, I'm sorry, Universal Audio Apollo, um, and the, the really cool thing about that preamp or the the interface in and of itself it, is it has uh, preamp emulation uh, software built into it, so you can actually record with the base pre that is very clean, very open, um, if you would like that sound. But if you did want to go uh, add, say, a little bit more coloration, they have emulations of, uh, you know, Andrew, you mentioned you have the Universal Audio 610. They've got a version of that where you can add some, uh, you know, tube em- rather emulations of the tube preamp. Mm. Uh, they've got a Neve sound. They've got uh, API, and of course, there's you know, there, it's not 100 percent of the sound. Emulations can only get you so far. Uh, but I think that actually is a really great product um, for someone starting out to kind of explore those different sounds, um, explore how it changes um, the, the, the your microphone because the microphone sound uh, definitely has a huge impact um, based on what preamp it's being run through. So I think uh, folks that are uh, that are looking to start out to explore some different sounds would be really surprised um, with even just those emulations, how drastically that changes the sound of the microphone and, the, and it, it's uh, it's um, the way it responds to the voice. Mm. So, uh, and the final thing with that is you also have the universal audio plugins to mix with, so you don't even have to necessarily process on the way in, but you can have access to those plugins um, when you're mixing and processing later. Um, so that would be, you know, that would be a really popular chain while staying saying, you know, that's about $1,500 Uh, US. Um, There are a handful of other tiers there. Again, if you're working in a less than ideal room, um, I really think the the Sennheiser 416 is a really excellent option because of the tighter hypercardioid polar pattern. Uh, It offers a little bit more room rejection, a little bit more focus on the voice. Um, The one thing that I I personally have found with the 416 is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it does have a little bit of a roll-off in the top end, so I actually like to prefer using uh, the 416 with um, a preamp. Uh, my, My favorite Absolute favorite chain with that is actually with a preamp called the MOG, M-A-A-G, Pre-Q-4. Um, and the reason I love it so much is because it actually has a high-end shelf built into it. So I can open up a little bit of the top end, uh, kind of the area. it's not necessarily a bright- brightness range, but just open it up just a slight bit so it doesn't sound... Uh, as boxy or as just kind of, uh, congested a little bit. So, um, you know, and that, that chain's not too expensive, but you do of course need a 500 series rack if you're going that option. But, um, th- those are kind of just two, two popular chains just without, you know, going into all the different options. Cause we could spend hours ah, talking about, uh, the different options there, but, uh, long story short, there are, uh, there are actually a ton of different combinations out there now, uh, even within a relatively budget friendly price point. But, uh, um, but but yeah, again, it, it, the recommend the specific recommendations I think would come down to uh, again what what kind of voice we're working with or voices, uh, and then what specific style of narration um, are we or voiceover are we talking about?
0: The VO Radio Show is produced in the studios of Voodoo Sound Radio TV it all at voodoo-sounds.com
1: let's think about mic placement so if, if you're getting one of these microphones if you were in a room so just for instance you haven't got a specific booth but you've got a bit of uh, you know acoustic treatment around the place where, where would you face the microphone say a room's got um, a door on one wall uh, maybe a, a large window on another wall and then two blank walls
3: Gotcha. I I would pro, I would definitely try and avoid the the window as much as possible. Um, I mean, any hard surface is is going to have a decent amount of reflections, and your that's what you're trying to minimize to reduce the the amount of uh, room tone that uh, that is coming through in the signal to have the most isolated voice possible. So, it's staying probably the furthest away from from the window, um, but. Uh, definitely not towards the corner as well. I would say in that scenario, if you're working in a, in a like kind of a bedroom studio, um, even just right in the middle of the room, um, because if you're not having any acoustic treatment on the walls, any, any, uh, the closer you get to any wall, you're going to get more and more reflections. So I would just try and stay uh, as far away from any hard surface wall as possible. Um, the, the good news, though, is that um, as long as you've got some blankets and maybe uh, a mic stand or two lying around, you can uh, do a pretty decent job just taking some some blankets and kind of uh, building a, a little blanket fort around uh, the microphone area that you're recording. Um, and that, at least in my experience, it's not perfect, but it certainly does um, cut a lot of the the higher end frequencies unless you're working with a thicker blanket. Um, and the, the, again, the, the higher frequencies are what's at least uh, most apparent in a recording, um, to a listener, uh, in terms of, uh, hearing the room, which again, you're trying to isolate the voice as much as possible and, and minimize the room tone. So
2: there, there are also those Porter booth type products too, aren't there? That, um, that can do a fairly good job of, of sort of reducing reflections.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. The, like the, uh, SE reflection filter, uh, real traps makes a portable vocal booth. Um, there the, the, those products are great especially because um, they're often made with a, uh, a thicker material um, the thicker more denser the material the the, the uh, lower the frequency it's going to absorb and control um, again the, I think the main the, the main focus uh, the, the easiest way to remove uh, room tone is just kind of uh, even just thinner products that uh, thinner blankets that can remove the, the higher end frequencies uh, but it is it is great if you can control more than just those higher frequencies and those uh, those designated products, uh, the vocal booths. Um, again, they're made with a, normally a thicker material so it's not just absorbing those higher frequencies but it's helping control um, all, the whole frequency range and just again produce a, a more uh, isolated focus sound. Um, they, you know, A lot of times they're just like in a V shape and you would put that uh, kind of right behind the microphone and kind of uh, wrapping around the microphone a little bit if you will. Um, a lot of times I would still put a blanket kind of directly behind the mm-hmm. vocalist just to kind of tame those reflections as well. Um, the the, the portable will booths do do a lot but uh i find i i still would want at least one more blanket behind the speaker just to, to tame some of those back rear reflections
1: mm. the one the one i use is the uh harlan hogan who's a, a well-known voiceover talent in the us he also sells a product called the Porter Booth and Porter Booth pro which is kind of if you haven't seen one it's uh it looks like a big sort of zip-up bag but when you unfold it it becomes a bellows and it's mm. it, it's packed with rlx and you place the microphone just inside, so it's almost coming out the front of the bellows. But that—that that, I use mine, it seems to work really, really well. I mean, you still pick up obviously room noise, mm. but a lot less than you would without. But one of the things I've seen, and, and I have i remember a guy sending me um, a, a, a file of, of his voiceover, trying to work out why he was getting reflection. And uh, it turned out in the end that uh, he had blankets on this, he had windows covered, everything was done, but he was still getting reflection. He was using a desk mount uh, microphone stand <laughs> with well, nothing yep. underneath
2: it. Yeah, right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's funny that's all uh, that's the most common area I see people overlooking with their acoustic treatment and it's it's almost the most direct because it's the closest oh, at times uh, or t- with certain you know, miking setups especially with a, a desk mount it's the closest uh, hard reflection source um, so yeah you know definitely putting um, you know anything from even just like a piece of carpet doesn't even have to be that that thick but anything with a little bit of texture on that um, that hard desk surface uh, that that's that is the most again the most Common uh, error in terms of uh, soundproofing a, a VO studio I've, I've seen well well just my, my entire career actually um, so yeah that's a good point if, if you're still getting reflections look I mean even even computer screens like obviously you can't put put a you know piece of foam or anything on a computer screen but at least turn you know turn away so you're not directly speaking against or re- right into a flat computer screen surface because that will have some reflections as well yeah.
2: Andrew us quickly from a voiceover's point of view standing as a Opposed to sitting anyway uh, I, I don't know too many voiceover artists that sit when they're voicing is it do you have a preference there um I
1: if I'm out at someone else's studio I stand because that's the common thing mm. but when I'm at home I, I don't actually I, I sit on a stool okay, which I'm right. doing right now yeah um I just I don't know I just find it a lot easier in here I the music stands are never quite tall enough yeah so I'm always leaning forward or leaning you know Looking down to try and see the script, mm. but if I'm sitting down, I've got it straight in front of me, which is good. Mm. Um, and the music stand's covered in foam as well, so yeah. that works. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, look, I it, it depends. But it, I, I know people say if you sit down, you lose energy. Mm. Um, but I'm always like in a semi-coma anyway, so it doesn't really affect me. <laughs> well,
2: you know, those couple of glasses <laughs> well, of red wine for breakfast always get the day off to a good start, <laughs> yeah. don't they? Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. Here's a
1: question for you, Travis. If you if there was no budget restraint and you you can buy whatever microphone whatever preamp combination you want forget the money what would your choice oh, be hello candy cool. shop
3: <laughs> yeah that's that's tough um man it i i want to say that i'm going to go i'm going to shoot the highest in terms of mics but i you know this i'm going to i'm going to play it not safe, but just go with a mic that I just, uh, I love the most just because every time I use it, it is easy. It gets the results I'm looking for. Uh, it's a mic called the Charter Oak E700. Uh, it's only $1,000 USD. It's from a smaller boutique uh, com- uh, manufacturing company from Connecticut here in the States. Um, but it, man, it just has this Tremendous low end, uh, but it's a very natural flat frequency response overall. So it's it's it, it's going back to the original point I made, which it's it's. Versatile on a tremendous amount of voices, but it doesn't sacrifice sounding. It's not a jack of all trades, and it sacrifices being a master of none. It sounds like it's a master of everything. Every single voice I put it in front of, um, very very quiet as well. Um, I will say I would go with a more a more drool worthy preamp, um, which is the NPNG um, preamps. is another uh, boutique company here from the states, um, but it's it's similar to the the uh, the Avalon priest the the M5 in the 2022 in terms of offering. A very clean, um, but but also kind of full-bodied. A lot of times, uh, full-bodied sound. A lot of times, I find clean preamps especially the more budget-friendly clean preamps um, they are very clean they're very low noise but they they can sound kind of thin or um, they just don't have the the natural weight and heft to them that especially for voiceover you're wanting to have as much fullness and, and power uh, maybe not power depending on what you're narrating but at least natural fullness um, so the e 700 through the NpNG uh, would probably be the mic preparing uh, of my dreams for a voiceover if I could you know make ends meet or budget wasn't an option yeah
1: um png is that the guy in uh, chicago out of chicago
3: yes i believe so
1: ah because i think i was talking to harlan hogan i've got a funny feeling he has one because the guy well, he built him at home doesn't he
3: yes yeah it's a very small operation
1: yeah yeah i'm pretty sure he's got one in because he's actually lives very close to that guy and gotcha. set himself up with one of those mm, okay that's interesting
3: yeah it's a not very well known uh, product is still kind of more uh, it's got it, it's smaller but it's it's got a cult following anyone who knows about them uh, seems to have nothing nothing negative to say about them everything is it, it's just everything you would want in a clean but full bodied preamp um, again there are, t- there are tons of other alternatives too that, uh, that you know the Avalon is probably would be my second choice next runner up uh, the 2022 just because it it's, it's very, very close, but the MPNG just has this, uh, uh, just a little bit of a polish to it while still not compromising the natural uh, transparent tone. So,
1: Well, the guy that actually uh, has been servicing the, the uh, 414 of mine also builds preamps, and I came across one of these ages ago. I never knew, I forgot what it was, but it was at a, a big studio here in Melbourne, and uh, it wasn't until I called this guy, I and mean, he told me he'd been working at that studio fixing up their Neve desk, and, uh, and then said, oh, look, I you know, also supplied them with one of my preamps. And it's a, a company called Giles Audio.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, worth having a look at. The guys that have one were raving about it, said it was the best thing. Very basic. I mean, really, it's just gain and a couple of switches. That's it. Um, but uh, it sounds pretty spectacular. <laughs> so that's another one of those backyard, homemade. Yeah. You know, boutique-y
2: preamps. Giles, you say. I haven't heard of that. Giles. G-I-L-E-S. There you go. Giles Audio. Travis, I'm going to take you down the other end of the spectrum for a moment. I am obviously being involved with this podcast and and another one that I work on. um, I do listen to a few podcasts just to see what's out there. And the caliber of audio quality is just awful, which I guess is part of the attraction of podcasting, let's be honest. But if I was to take you down to the other end of the spectrum and talk about a USB microphone that someone who has a, a little podcast that they do, you know, and they want to in- improve the quality of that, there's there's a fair few out there, I know, but are there any that stand out as a, a, a better, um, you know, a better option than, than my Apple headset? <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh unfortunately my, my experience there is is really limited in fact the the only thing i can actually stand behind is is perhaps this logitech usb headset that i'm currently using right now right uh that uh, that uh we we use our base our sales team here uses uh, with our computer-based phone mm. uh so that that's my honestly my my only experience right now with usb headsets but uh, this logitech one's working out great
2: right well there you go there's your recommendation done it it, um it it is one thing about podcasting podcasting is becoming you know as we know obviously more and more prevalent um I just wish some you know there's some great podcasts out there that I just can't listen to because I usually listen to it with my headphones on when I'm you know doing the gardening or or you know working in the garage or whatever (laughs) and I I can't do it it hurts it hurts my ears too much
3: yeah I mean luckily though I mean if if Again, I mentioned earlier that the the budget range interfaces I feel like just over the last couple of years have gotten so much better uh, in both preamp and and converter uh, technology and just sound overall. So I feel like it's it's not it's it's easier than ever for someone if, if they actually are serious about doing a podcast and mm-hmm. care you know just a, even just a little bit about uh, you know getting their their audio quality to be improved. You can get like the Audient ID fourteen. I'm thinking is is as a, a kind of a three hundred dollar entry level, but really excellent quality. Uh, interface, and you know you can get like a uh, studio projects C1, which is one of the most popular, you know, uh, budget-friendly uh, condenser microphones for 250 bucks, and um, or even I mean even a dynamic at that at that that price, but uh, but uh, yeah, I mean I guess it, it all starts with um, with first wanting to have an improvement in quality. And I guess yeah. that's uh, a that's <laughs> that's part of problem, it.
2: Yeah. And yeah. look, and you know, as I, as I said before, I mean, that's always the, the, that's one of the great things about podcasting is that anybody can do it. And that, and that's, I think that's led to such great content that's out there. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. But it'd be awesome if you could have the best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah. There's also a lot of horrible content out there. Oh yes. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not saying there's not trust me. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: Now, before we go, one thing that I did see, uh, I was scanning around and saw that uh, Bruce Springsteen dropped into Sound Pure in the shop and had to play on some guitars. Whoa. yeah
3: yeah he um uh, he actually i think that was his, the third time that he came back into the shop um and i, I mentioned this i think last time we spoke but i think it's because uh he his uh his one of his children actually goes to or was going to duke university which is just 10 minutes down the road from us so uh his first stop was when they were touring the school uh, i think his second stop was uh, during graduation and then the most recent stop uh when he came through was i think when he was he actually played the night prior in raleigh which is uh, another is a capital of North Carolina. It's probably about 20 minutes down the road. Uh, but he, uh, he remembered the shot from the, the previous two times and he, he came by and, uh, yeah, he, he played, he played, I believe two guitars. He ended up buying an amp, but uh, he didn't buy any of the guitars. However, we did have those two guitars sold by the end of that day uh, because <laughs> it becomes really easy to sell a guitar once Bruce, Bruce Springsteen played it and then put it back down. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it was a little, little bit of a bidding war, I remember, on those instruments. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's it was really awesome. You know, he he's he's such a nice guy. I mean, he's, he's just incredibly humble, incredibly down to earth. You know, he's very much like, oh, yeah, come, you know, you guys want to take pictures, you know, come. I mean, he, he knows he's walking into a guitar shop. He's not dumb, you know. He knows that everyone's going to be just like, oh, but uh, it, it is. It's always a, a cool, cool time when he and you know other folks like that end up swinging by the shop. It um, just that's it, the cool thing about being in this area. There's just a lot of. Uh, the, it's called the Triangle area between Raleigh, Chapel Hill, and Durham. We've got a lot of a lot of um, tours and stuff coming through the area, so it's not uncommon for maybe not people like uh, to, to the caliber of Bruce Springsteen coming by on a regular basis, but definitely people uh, you know well-known musicians. It's it's not an infrequent occurrence for them to be swinging by. Doesn't it? It it, it increases your respect for the man. I mean,
2: you respect him for his music and everything else. But when you see someone like that, who can be so down to earth that they can walk into a guitar store, as you say, knowing that people are going to go, oh my God, that's Bruce Springsteen. But then still, you know, basically just be a part of the community. It it just increases your respect for them tenfold, doesn't it? Well, for me, it does anyway. Uh,
3: Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it, he, he's 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 never lost sight of why he got into playing music to begin with. You know, it's to mm. connect to people, to tell a story, um, and yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, it's inspiring. You know, to watch someone who's achieved such fame and such recognition to still remember that he's a a, a fragile human being just like yeah. the rest of us, and yeah. you know, uh, and to treat everyone with the same same respect like that. It's it, it is it definitely increases the the respect you have for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know a pharmacist in Minneapolis, and uh, he used to get. Uh, Prints drop in quite a lot. Um, <laughs> oh, don't. Is it too early? <laughs> yeah, it's oh, too oh, early, oh. I think. I think that's still a little raw, mate. <laughs> okay, <sorry. Soft laughs> well, I think we solved a few problems uh, as far as microphones and preamps are concerned mm. and uh, created
2: even more. <laughs> you probably have created even more questions, haven't we? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. But it's a worthwhile conversation nonetheless because, let's face it, when... Uh, when it, when it comes down to it, you, uh, you want to be sure that what you're delivering is, uh, is sounding right for the, guy, the poor guy at the other end who's got to sit down and put it all together at the end of the day, right?
3: <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, and the trouble is when you're uh, sitting here like, you know, in your own studio doing the voice, you always try to change everything to sound like somebody else. Yes. And that's not what the person at the other end wants, otherwise they would have booked somebody else.
2: That's right, yeah. At yeah, yep. the end of the day, it's, uh, it's your voice that they've booked. Exactly.
1: Now, if someone wants to um, get some information or, you know, have a bit of a chat about a microphone or preamp or any other gear, um, how do they get in contact with you, Travis?
3: Sure. Yeah, our our website is probably the you know the best uh, way to see what we're all about. It's just soundpure, soundpure.com. com. Um, we've got all the products that we we represent there. Um, if you're looking to learn more about both recording and just kind of hear some of the the mics and the preamps that we we love and get behind, our, our YouTube channel would absolutely be the best place for that. We've got uh, I think just over a thousand videos. We hit that mark uh, just a couple months ago at this point, um, but we've got everything from mic- Comparison video shootouts to in-depth tutorials on mic placement um, to just deep dive reviews on some of the products we love. So um, between our, our website soundpeer.com and our soundpeer Studios YouTube channel, um, those are will absolutely show uh, the listeners kind of what we're about. And and likewise too, that you know there's our, our phone number and email address. Uh, we, we're more than happy to talk to people, uh, learn what they're looking to do with their voiceover recordings, uh, and again recommend uh, the best product whether it's for just recording their voice or recording a handful of voices uh and of course within their budget too so definitely don't hesitate to get in touch with us any of you all listeners if uh you have any questions about how to make the best out of your recording situation mm. beautiful we're gonna have to go there aren't we robbo
2: i think we are just the tax man pay for that <laughs> <laughs> there's gotta
1: be some way of making it work <laughs> absolutely i hope so absolutely yeah all right well that uh, winds us up for another show so um Thank you, Travis Hall from Sound Pure. Hopefully we'll talk again very soon. Yeah, thanks, Travis. Absolutely.
3: No, really, thank you too. Thank you for having me. I really
1: appreciate it. Cheers. We man. appreciate your time. Cheers. Thanks very much. And we'll be back next week. I don't know what we're going to be doing next week, but something. In a
0: world. In a world where only the best voice will do. Realtimecasting.com.
1: Well, there you go. There's Travis Hall from Sound Pure in North Carolina telling us his favorite combination of microphone
2: and preamp. For your voice. Hopefully, you've learned something. I, I would have. be interested to know what um, what the people out there think. What their favourite combos are. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's um,
1: it, look. If you if you've got a favourite combo, why don't you jump on to our Facebook, which is uh, the VO Radio
2: Show Facebook, and uh, drop us a message and tell us what your favourite combination is and why. Yeah, yeah. Well, and more importantly, and why? Because um, I think for me, that's the um, that's the uh, the X factor, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, what what you're using it for and Mm. all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, that
1: was another big show. Big show. Love it. What part of the world will we uh, end up next week? I don't know. Let's go to
2: South Africa. I've always wanted to go there. Ooh, that's not a bad idea.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's try and organize something.
2: See you there in Springbok Territory. Yeah, lovely. As long as we beat them in cricket, that's
1: <laughs> I don't care.
0: The VO Radio Show is produced in the studios of Voodoo Sound. To polish your next audio production, check us out at voodoo-sound.com. Find professional voices simply all in one place. RealTimeCasting.com, including me.